0: We're making leaps and bounds into uncharted territory. God's moving. He's working. And I believe it's just going to get gooder and gooder. Gooder and gooder. Let's all stand this morning. Philippians chapter 4. Man, Pastor, we've been standing all service. And I thank you for that. If it's any comfort, I'll be standing for the rest of service. Man, I just don't like doing it alone. I'm just kidding. We stand out of respect for the Word of God. Amen. man, there is no... Our world is full of lies. That's right. The Word of God is absolute truth. Amen. Philippians 4 and verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. It's a double emphasis. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I'll say it. I just think I'll repeat it. Rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. That means he's coming. It's getting closer day by day. So well, they've been saying that for 50 years. Well, they've been saying it longer than that. Paul was saying it to the church of, uh, at Philippi, but it's closer now than it's ever been. It's even closer now than what I just said. It's close. It's getting closer. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God. Don't stop praying. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace shall be with you. I'm going to preach this morning with the Lord's help. We are going to preach this morning with the Lord's help. Think on these things. Think on these things. We could call this keeping a godly mind. I heard one preacher say, sanctify your noggin. Think on these things. Let's put our Bibles down. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Jesus, I love you, and I thank you for all that you have done. Thank you for all that you're doing. I pray, God, that your will would be accomplished in us and through us. God, I pray that your spirit would move in this house. Continue to move. Continue to move. God, I thank you for what you've already done and what you're already doing. God, I thank you for all those who are here today. God, I pray that that none of us would leave, would leave the same way. That, God, we would leave encouraged. We would leave strengthened. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Why don't you say amen? Why don't you turn and give your neighbor a high five and say, hey, we're going to preach with pastor today. Now, if you meant that, you can be seated. Think on these things. Paul wrote to the church at Philippi. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. It's a double emphasis, a double emphatic statement. He's drawing our attention to it. Rejoice in the Lord always. It's as if Paul has a revelation. He understands what we know, what we understand, what we've already experienced this morning, that Thanksgiving, not the holiday, but the attitude, the mindset, being thankful, giving God thanks, rejoicing, and remembering the goodness of our God are essential. If we want to live in victory, then we gotta rejoice. If we really want to have victory over our enemy, then we've got to remember how to praise. We gotta remember how to worship. If we don't know, then we gotta learn. There's nothing wrong with not knowing, you just gotta learn. I gotta learn how to praise Him. I gotta learn how to worship God. If I don't make myself remember that the very breath in my body comes from God, if I don't remember that the blessing of life and the blessing of family comes from God, if I don't remember that the blessing of the body of Christ, the church, comes from God, then it's going to be harder for me to praise God. But when I think of the goodness of Jesus, when I think of everything that He's done for me, my soul begins to cry out, Hallelujah! It demands praise. It demands worship. I gotta remember what James wrote in chapter one and verse sixteen. He said, Do not err, my beloved brethren. Don't don't get mistaken. Don't get off. Don't fall off the wagon here. Don't slide. Don't get turned around. Don't get sideways with God. Don't get sideways with the man of God. My beloved brethren, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Every good thing in your world did not come from the world. It came from God. Every perfect gift did not come from Satan. It didn't come from the world or sinful life. It came from God. Every good and perfect gift cometh from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness. He doesn't change He's never changed, and He never will change. He's the same yesterday and today and forever. In Him is no variableness, neither is there shadow of turning. There's no darkness in Him. There's no inkling that He will ever change or ever move. He's consistent no matter what's going on in the world. And of His own will, He begat us. With the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. God has a plan for you. God created you. God knows where you are. God knows who you are. He knows everything about you. He knows more about you than you know about you. that in and of itself brings comfort rejoice in the lord always and again i say rejoice paul's preaching to the philippians he's saying hey I-, I want you to have victory i don't want you to live with the weight of the world on your shoulders i don't want you to live beat down i don't want you to live full of guilt and shame i don't want you to live full of error and so on. And everything that the world wants to put on you, he said, I don't want you to live like that. God doesn't want you to live like that. God did not design you to live in bondage. God created man free. Sin brought men into bondage. Their initial sin brought man into bondage. And now man's sin brings himself into bondage and others into bondage. Why would God allow this? God did not allow, God did allow it, but he, he did not create it. He didn't want us to go through some of the things that we've been through, but our sin and other people's sin. I didn't have a choice. I understand that other people's sin created issues for us. But Paul said, God in the middle of all of that was with us, whether we could see it or not. That God God has a plan and God can use what man meant for evil, what Satan meant for evil. God can use it for good. Let your moderation be known unto all men. Don't be bashful about living for God. The Lord's at hand. Be careful for nothing that seems to be counterintuitive to everything we've been taught. Hey, look twice before you cross the street. Now, Paul's saying, don't be careful. Be careful for nothing. He's not saying live footloose and fancy free and just do whatever you want to and run across the train tracks. It'll be fun. You can beat the train. Don't do that. Don't jump out of the second story window. You cannot fly. Paul's not saying don't be careful. But when it was translated from Paul's language to English, it became be careful. Paul meant... The original language is be anxious. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. You see, Paul's antidote for anxiety, Paul's antidote for life, is prayer and praise. Prayer and worship. Prayer, praise, worship, supplication, thanksgiving, getting in the presence of God, bringing my problems to God, and then thanking Him because I know He's able. That is what's going to get me through life. That's what's going to get me through my days where I'm down. i got to slap myself back into reality of the Spirit and say, listen, dude, I know that you feel down. I know sometimes you feel like your chin's dragging the ground. But if you can remember to get into the presence of God, if you can remember that the breath you just took on your worst day was still a gift from God, that Paul said, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving you can let your request be made known unto God and verse 7 ties to verse 6 I know you've heard me preach this I know it's not new but the peace of God which passeth all understanding when I learn to pray when I learn to get in the altar when I learn to praise when I learn to worship when I learn to dance on my worst day when I learn to run the aisles when I learn to get in the presence of God every Everything's falling apart, then the peace of God can pass my understanding. Verse 7 is attached to verse 6. The prayer and supplication. God, I've got a need and I need it answered now. There's some anxiety going on. There's some life going on. Paul's not saying that those times won't come. He's just saying you don't have to live there. Yeah. Be careful. Be anxious for nothing. But in all things, in everything, prayer and supplication, God, I got a need. I need you to answer it right now with thanksgiving. God, I'm going to trust you because you're great. I know it's easy to preach these things on a Sunday morning when it hasn't been snowing today and the parking lot's finally not ice and it's warm in here. The bathroom, the men's bathroom looks great. The kitchen looks great. We're making progress and things are going well and so on and so forth. But if we can remember this not just today, but we can remember this on a Monday morning. We can remember this in a board meeting where our whole world changes and when we get called into our boss's office and so on and so forth. And we can remember when when things start happening. Had a bad day at school. We got a bad grade. Now I gotta face my parents Paul said, it's not that those things won't happen. But when they do, in everything, if you'll bring it to God in prayer and supplication, I got a need, I need an answer right now. But even in this moment, God, I'm going to trust you because you're great. God, I'm going to trust you because you've been faithful. God, I'm going to trust you for every way that you have made when I didn't know how it was going to work. I'm going to rebuild those altars that I had built to you before. I'm going to take a walk down memory lane and see every time you answered a prayer that I didn't know how it was going to work out. I'm going to think on those things. Paul said that the peace of God can come in and give me peace when man says there should not be peace. When the world says it's better to crawl into a hole and suck our thumbs, God said you don't have to live there. You don't have to. You're a spirit-filled child of God. And if you don't have the spirit, today is your day. It's for you and for your children and for all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call, and many are called. The peace of God which passeth understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. If I take things to God in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, then the peace of God has the opportunity to pass my understanding, to go beyond the limitations of my human reasoning and my human will. And in effect, it'll keep my heart and my mind stayed, not on my problems, but it'll keep it stayed on Jesus. The old song we used to sing when I was a kid said, I woke up this morning with my mind, stayed on Jesus. So I woke up this morning with my mind, stayed on Jesus. I woke up this morning with my mind. It was a stayed on Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah well the devil doesn't like it but i don't care my mind is stayed on jesus oh the devil doesn't like it but i don't care it stayed on jesus the devil may not like it on this sunday morning but it stayed on jesus and so i can say hallelujah hallelujah hallelujah. There's a power when I get my mind wrapped around Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus. And then Paul says, I, I preach all of that to get to this point. Paul said, I'm going to give you some guidelines for the proper care and the feeding of your godly mind. Your mind is going to be fed and the nourishment that your mind and your heart receives falls largely upon your shoulder. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, Whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. He started by saying rejoice in the Lord always. That means at all times. Paul is fully aware. we got to rejoice in the Lord we got to be anxious for nothing. And the peace of God, the quietness, the rest, will pass our understanding. But what sort of things then? How do I care for my mind? How do I care for my heart? How do I care for my emotional well-being? Which is important. Finally, brethren, what sort of things are true? Whatsoever things are true, it stresses the fact that there is an undeniable reality. When the things are true, then it has been fully tested and it will be ultimately shown to be fact. It is authentic. The word that Paul used for true, Jesus used in a variation of that word in John chapter 14 and verse 6 when He said unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It wasn't Jesus just saying, well, you know, here's some information for you. And it's true. It's been undeniably proven. But it goes beyond that. And Jesus was saying it was reality. It is the opposite of an illusion. There is a divine truth that is attached to Jesus Christ. There is a divine truth. It's not truth that man has written. It's truth that God has written. And so, and whenever life is falling apart, whenever life is going crazy and I'm not it doesn't even have to be a spiritual attack it's just life I can hold to the divine truth that man has not written and man cannot take away and that is that God knows who I am God created me he is my savior He wants to be my Lord. I can follow after Him. And if I can think about those things, it will change the way my day is going. Whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things are honest. They are honorable. They are serious. They are dignified. They are venerated for character. They've been vetted. It takes the truth and it puts it in perspective as to what the intention was behind it. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are correct, whatsoever things are righteous, there is innocence attached to just. It is approved by God. It is approved in the eyes of God. We could save ourselves a whole lot of heartache and turmoil if we would be considering, is this that I'm thinking of? Is this approved of God? The Bible says that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. He accuses day and night. So is this something that is full of truth? Is this something that's full of uh, honesty? Is this something that's full of Justness is what I'm thinking right in the eyes of God. Well, I just feel like a spiritual, impotent person. Sorry, there's a lot of filtering going on there. I feel spiritually inadequate. I don't feel like I'm ever good enough. Well, that didn't come from God. That did not come from God just don't feel like I'll ever get there. That did not come from God. That is not just. That's not an approved thought. That is not a program that you will hear on God's broadcasting network. That's not a newsflash that you will get from His publishing company. The Bible, Paul actually began to write down a a list of sins. Adulterers, fornicators, lascivious. All of these things that would separate people from God. Things that God did not approve of. Okay? Like, okay, well. Eliminated, 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 eliminated. No chance, no hope, no way. I'm a sinner. I've done some of those things. But Paul didn't stop there. Paul said, and such were some of you. That's the background that some of us came from. But, he said, you are washed. That's the power of baptism. It washes it away like it never happened. It doesn't matter how many years you were in prison. It doesn't matter how much you messed up. He said, and such were some of you. That's past tense. Now God's saying you're washed, you're sanctified, you're justified. You've been made right in the eyes of God. So I can take hold of those thoughts that say I'll never make it because of my past. And I can say, hey, dude, take them to the curb. They send them up like a point after. Get out of here, out of the park, out of my life, out of my world, out of my mind. I am who I am because of who the I am says that I am. Well, you were born on the wrong side of the tracks. God doesn't care. I was born rich. I was born poor. I was born into this mess. I was born into that mess. This is just the hand that life gave me. God said, I'll give you beauty for ashes. the Oil, joy for mourning. The garment of praise with a spirit of heaviness. He won't leave you there. Whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, they are free from defilement. They are holy. Whatsoever things are sacred. Whatsoever things are prepared for worship. The music I'm listening to, doesn't put me in a mind to worship God. Paul said, don't be thinking about that. If things that I'm putting before my eyes, whether still pictures or moving, if it doesn't make me feel like worshiping God, if it doesn't bring me closer to God, Paul said, I wouldn't be thinking about that. He said, think on things that are Pure. Things that are unadultered They haven't been messed with by man. They're pure inside and out. They're undefiled from sin. They haven't been spoiled. It's, it goes on to, to mean even down to the center of a person's being. It's more than surface level. He said, you get it you got to let the Word of God come in. It's quick, it's powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. Piercing starts on the outside. It's piercing. But even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, it, it goes beyond the surface level, folks. It gets down to where the rubber meets the road. It gets down to the parts of me that cannot be seen by man nor microscope. The, the dividing asunder of soul. Spirit, those things in me that are not visible with man's eye or man's tools and equipment, but we know they are there as part of who God created us to be. And He said, You gotta get right all the way down in there. Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, pleasing, they're agreeable, but not to our flesh. We gotta make sure also lines up with the Word of God, the Spirit of God. It extends towards God. Lovely. They're worthy of my personal affection. Things of the world, folks, are not worthy of our personal affection. That's, that's so far below where God wants us to live. We might be in the world, but we're not of the world. God said, I want your mind focused on me. Seek you first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Man gets it backwards. We start seeking the things in order to seek God. I think i got to get here before I can have an experience with God. But God said, you seek me first and everything else will be added to you. You want to live blessed? Seek me first. Everything else will follow. You want your life to have wholeness? Seek me first. Everything else will follow. I don't want you stuck in ruts because you're trying to get yourself out. You seek me first. Everything else will follow. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, they are well reported of. They're spoken in a kindly spirit. They're reputable. The particular word that is used for good report is only found in Philippians 4 and verse 8. However, we do see an example of the power of good reports in the the book of Numbers, chapter 13 and verse 31. It says, But the man that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people, for they're stronger than we are. They brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, the land through which we've gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we had to have been like grasshoppers in their sight. They brought up an evil report. They brought up a, a report of defamation. They brought up a report of doubt. They brought a report that put the situation above God. Now, life is full of scenarios. Life is full of turmoil. Life is, the Bible says that even for a, a righteous man, the days are full of trouble. Rains on the just and the unjust alike so just because I'm living for God doesn't mean I don't have bad days however we got to keep it in context. we got to make sure that we're listening to the right report and that the problem doesn't become bigger than God let me just tell you the problem is not bigger than God but I can't allow it in my own self in my own mind I cannot allow it to become bigger than God. The land and the people in the land, oh, they said, oh yeah, the land is flowing with milk and honey. It's the promised land. It's like God created it just for us because He did. However, there are some giants in that land. And we just think the giants are too big. The giants might have been bigger than they were. As people, Goliath was of the lineage of those giants and stood somewhere in the ballpark of nine feet six inches tall with six fingers on each hand. At least his relatives had six fingers on each hand. And his relatives had six toes on each foot. What? gone wrong science experiment that had to look like. They're big. They're mean. In fact, some historians describe them as specimens of physical strength and agility. It wasn't like they were just some big lumbering idiots. They were men of war, men of stature. And so, yes, they were bigger than the smaller in stature Israelites. But when those men came back with their evil report, the reason it was called an evil report was because they made the the men of that land bigger than God. They defamed not the land, but they defamed their God. And so in Numbers chapter 14 and verse 36, and the men which Moses sent to search the land who returned and made all the congregation to murmur against him by bringing up a slander. Upon the land, even those men that did bring up the evil report upon the land died by the plague before the Lord. Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, which were of the men that went to search the land, lived still. Because they had a revelation of which report to listen to. I'm not going to listen to the slanderous report. I'm not going to listen to the report that says, hey, you know what? You just washed up. You're a burnt over field. You might as well cut your losses. Move on. Paul said, We don't listen to that report. That's not of God. That didn't come from God. Whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Musicians, you can come there be any virtue, if there be moral goodness, moral excellence, if what you're thinking about enriches not just your physical life, but your spiritual life as well, it's got to have virtue. If you want to give it airtime in your mind, make sure it's virtuous. If there be any praise, if there is an accurate acknowledgement commendation or recognition, if there is an enthusiastic acknowledgement for what deserves praise. Man, if the things going on in my mind just make me want to th- to thank God and give Him praise, those are thoughts I ought, to, I ought to let hang around for a while. I ought to just grab those thoughts and, man, let's just dance a jig. Let's give God thanks. Let's give God praise. If there be any virtue. I'm preaching today about thinking on these things. I'm preaching this morning about how to keep our minds godly. I know that life happens. I know situation happens, and I'm not preaching today because of any certain situation. But I believe we need to be reminded today. This is not. This is not a word in season. This is a word out of season. Okay. This is just preaching. This is. This is good life preaching. Does there be any virtue? Does there be any praise? If it's praise worthy? then think on these things. Consider these things. Take it into account. Make a decision. I'm going to think on these things. Paul continues in verse 11, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased. That means brought low how to live without, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry. Both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ that strengtheneth me. Let me tell you, you can make it through life. You can make it in the good times and you can make it in the bad times. Notwithstanding you've done well that you did communicate with my affliction. He said, I had problems, I had afflictions, and 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 I needed somebody in the church at Philippi. They they came alongside Paul. Let me tell you, you're not by yourself today. You're not by yourself today. You're not living life with its ups and its downs by yourself, but you are connected. If you are here today under the sound of my voice, you are connected to a church body that is willing to walk with you through the fire. You're living with a church body. You're connected with a church body that's willing to communicate with you through your afflictions. And let me preach to you today. You can do all things with his strength. You can do all things with his help. You can do all things. When He strengthens you, the psalmist said in Psalm 34 and verse 1, let's stand. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Continually. It's not going to take an off day. It doesn't matter if it's a good day or a bad day. His praise is going to continually be in my mouth. I'm going to bless Him at all times. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with with me. Let us exalt his name together. His praise is going to continually be in my mouth. Let me tell you today, as I close, getting into the presence of God does not make my problems. It does not make life's circumstances disappear. It doesn't mean that when I walk out today, I won't have to face the same things that I walked in with, but it does magnify God to the point where I realize and I remember that my God is bigger than whatever faces me out these doors. My God is bigger than whatever I have to go home to. My God is bigger than whatever life is throwing my way. It's bigger than any problem. It's bigger that he's bigger than any circumstance. And God is able. God is able. And that's what I'm going to think about today. i got to guard what comes into my mind. That responsibility falls mainly on my shoulders. I want to think on Him. I want to think whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are of a good report there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. I wonder today, if I've got anybody that says, you know what, pastor, I want to come to this altar today. I'm going to come to this altar and I'm going to praise God. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to get into the presence of God because I want to do what Paul says with all prayer and supplication. I'm going to give praise. The